Hi, this is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is home for survivors like myself and those who yearn to build resilience in their mindset and live their best life. In season three, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the wellness, business, media, and travel industries. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed. As a board-certified wellness coach, number one best-selling author, and syndicated columnist, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate it if you could share it. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. Today's podcast guest on resilience is attorney, author, and podcaster, Savonia DeBarros. As Savonia states, I love standing up for people. I love protecting people. And so having that dream at such a young age and now having accomplished that is something so amazing. Because when we are children, we're fearless. There were so many other things throughout my life and even as a child that I did want to do that I didn't have the opportunity to do until later in life because I listened to other people. But that one thing, I was like, no, this is mine. Hey, everybody. I am, like you said, Savanya DeBarro is also known as the protector of athletes, but I'm also a licensed attorney. So that is my day-to-day job. <laughs> I generally represent people in business, uh, sports and entertainment, and through civil rights litigation, which really is the labor and employment section of my business. So also a published author, um, a mom and a wife, a creative, and someone who absolutely loves traveling. <laughs> Wonderful. So you and I connected because you were so gracious to contribute to my interview series, Rising Through Resilience, How to Be mm-hmm. Resilient During Turbulent Times. And one of the things I really loved in the beginning is about this idea of shifting the mindset, the removing the negative thinking. I mean, was that a process for you? Is that something that was innate growing up? Is that something you discovered through, you know, your work and balanced life? One thing I I realized about shifting mindset is I didn't know that I was actually in a process of shifting at one space in my life. Um, I've always been a very go-getter attitude type of person and very strong-minded, strong-willed. Um, very opinionated, you know, I think that's kind of to be expected for most lawyers. <laughs> and so with that, like having that high, strong um, characteristic, it's, I can't say that just because of that, that I, I thought of things so much more on the negative side. Um, But I also feel like because of things that happened to me as a child and a teenager, it it had me thinking initially of things from more of a negative perspective versus thinking from them from 
something more positive. Like, how can this help me? And so as I move forward in my life and in the career and different achievements that I've had, I've recognized that, okay, and the lessons that came along with that, no one is going to want to help you or talk to you or promote you somewhere or connect you with any person if they feel like you have such a bad attitude. People want to work with and talk to and connect with folks that they like. And I had to, to really look at me, you know, not thinking that I was a bad person, but the way that other people may take what I say is important. And that's an important uh, key aspect in how we communicate to other people. And so sometimes I may be able to say something to someone who grew up with me, but they know who I am. They know it's not offensive or whatever, but someone on the outside may say, oh my gosh, that is so negative. <laughs> like, why is she that way? But um, I realized that there was an important aspect of mind shifting that needed to be done to truly and fully live the life that you desired and to also have the success that you want. Because not everything is going to happen the way that you want to or on the time that you expect it to, but the way that you show up and the way that you deal with that adversity in a way um, is telltale sign of your character, who you are. Um, and when people see that, you know, like Maya Angela said, when people show you who they are, believe them. Um, the best way to figure out who someone is, put them in the middle of a very tumultuous situation. Their, their true character and how they deal with those issues are going to show up. And so being able to possibly to positively shift your mindset from always thinking or taking something in a negative way will help you to have a better grasp on to life and not see those things as though, you know, things happening to you, but here are opportunities happening for me. You know, Sonia, when I was uh, at the tender age of four, I wanted to be an astronaut. So I think it's fascinating that when you were four years old, you wanted to be a lawyer and you actually saw that through. Uh, I really would love to dig deep into that. Oh my gosh. I I just talked about this today too. I, I feel like I talk about it everywhere with everyone. Um, so just for the folks out there, my mom said I was five, but I told her I was like, well, this is my story. And I remember being four, <laughs> so I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but I've always wanted to be a lawyer. And I honestly did not know, to this day, I don't know where that came from. But I do know that it is instinctively for me. It's my gift because um, even outside, so let's just say that I, I may not have wanted to be an attorney. Generally, the type of person that I am, I love standing up for people. I love protecting people. That's just something I do, you know, just watching out for other folks. Um, and so having that dream at such a young age and, and now having accomplished that is something that is, is so amazing. Um, and part of the conversation that I had today about it actually was making sure we listen to our inner child that had those dreams. Because when we're children, we're fearless. We, we dare to do all kinds of things and we don't care who says no. We don't care um, if people say that we don't have the ability to do it, we do it anyway. And so I am blessed in the sense that I listened to that part of me because there were so many other things throughout my life. And even as a child that I did want to do, um, that I didn't have the opportunity to, to do until later in life because I listened to other people. But that one thing I was like, no, this is mine. Um, but yeah, I don't know 
I don't know why that was something that I wanted to do. I could have been anything else, but that was just the gift I presume that was laid on my little heart at the time. And here I am for years now, have been representing individuals and helping them in a multitude of ways um, as an attorney. Yeah. You know, speaking of someone of color, I really was, I love the fact that you addressed the awkward racial and ethnicity sort of vibes that you received and to some degree, the closed doors that were in front of you. Uh, what did you do to persevere? Ooh, that's good. Um, so going back to that mindset shifting, <laughs> for a long time, it was being upset that other people didn't choose me. Knowing that I've always been smart, always been dedicated to what I did, was diligent in how I showed up. Um, but for some reason, it doesn't matter how much work I do and how well I do it. I recognize that there will always be this racial component and in a lot of respects, gender component. So I know you've probably heard um, the black woman is the most disrespected individual in the world. And it's true. And especially here in the United States, we normally get the very short end of the stick. Um, I recognized in 2020 when I was cleaning this office because I was getting uh, cabinets and all this stuff to put things up, I actually recognized how many accolades I have, how uh, many degrees and licensing and I mean, you name it. And when I looked at this stuff, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't need to have someone else tell me that I'm good or to pat me on the back. So knowing for years in my life, okay, I'm going to do um, this thing in spite of someone saying that they don't want to give me an opportunity or whatever the situation may be, still in hindsight, it was, I was saying I wasn't going to wait, but I was still like, oh, well, they, you know, hook a girl up <laughs> and that wasn't happening. But I, I know that something on a more soulful level happened for me when I was sitting on this floor and saw all of this stuff around me, all of my own accomplishments. And I recognized then, and, and I know I did a complete shift, mindset, spiritual, emotional. I did a complete shift knowing that I don't need these people to tell me that I'm okay, that I'm good, or that I even deserve it because I know I deserve it myself. So if you don't want to open a door, I'll go and find another door to open. And if there's not a door to open, then I'll just open a window. I'm going to get it done, you know? Um, and so I do want to inspire other people, no matter where they are, um, no matter what their race is or their ethnic background, their national origin um, or religion, there are opportunities for you. And one of the most empowering things is when we create our own opportunities. This world is so unlimited in the sense that you, I mean, there's everything at your fingertips. In today's time, we didn't have all of the resources that we that other folks had back in the day, like my great-great-grandparents. They weren't able to just jump on the internet and find information. They weren't able to connect with someone from a completely different country over the internet and build a beautiful relationship. They weren't able to sell products and services outside of their national borders, barely outside of their state or county, because that's how difficult it was. So you have the opportunity and the power to make sure that your life 
is on the trajectory that you want it to be on. And that does not depend on someone else saying whether you are good or not. Yeah. And I love that you echo the sentiment of, do I need more training before they listen to me? Oh, my realize, God. <laughs> and you realize, no, it's not the training. It's do they see me? Correct. Correct. You know? And unfortunately, I think um, for a lot of black and brown people, we are invisible in the sense of no one really sees how, you know what? I feel like I, I want to kind of rephrase what I was about to say, because I do know that a lot of people know we are very smart and very capable, but we're invisible in the sense that I, I may see you over there, but you're not worthy of this opportunity. I'm going to give it to my own people first. So that's why we need to start. We have to make our own spaces and give our own community the opportunity to shine as well. Yeah. You spoke about a client who you needed to, they had to come to the realization that they had to protect their own interest. And even though they were engaged with family and friends, how has that life lesson for yourself changed the way you do business or the way you even speak to family and friends about? Yeah, that's a good question. A, a young lady asked me the same, something very similar to you at a, a speaking event I had. And I am very of the mind, like, you know, if you're going to walk the walk, you know, talk to talk, put your money where your mouth is type of thing. So if I'm telling my clients to do something, I'm also taking those same lessons because I don't want to be that person who just talks to you and gives you guidance. But then my whole life is messed up, <laughs> you know, like in a complete disarray. Um, so I do take those same lessons when I see something off or different with my client's situation um, I take heed and, and make sure I do an audit on my, my own self. How do I handle those situations? Um, how am I, how are they showing up in my business so that I can make sure I'm protecting myself at the same time that I'm telling or teaching my clients how to protect themselves. Now with my family and my friends, they know I don't play. I don't play about my business. Whenever I bring new independent contractors or employees into my business, that's one of the first things that we have a conversation about is I don't play about my business. I don't play about my money and I don't play about my time. Right. Um, it's, it's not a secret to anyone. And I do, I do set out the boundaries so that they understand things can look different on the outside to other people who are not, you know, a part of your craft, your business, um, the brands that you've created. And it it's, it's almost, well, it's disrespectful one. <laughs> and I feel like it's a way to continually demarginalize your own community if you are asking for things without, without actually showing proof that you need whatever that thing is or why it will support you, right? Um, and so it's important that not only myself but my clients lay those those foundations and those boundaries for our families and our friends to know that, look, we, yeah, we have a business, but it still costs money to run this business. And it's not about fast gratification right now, because if I, I can give you something right now, but how will that play out later? Will you even learn a lesson from that? Because you can spend whatever I give you right now, you'll be back later for the same thing. And neither one of us have learned a lesson. 
So that's one of the ways or how I take that into my own life. Um, and you can you can call any of my family and they will <laughs> One of, the, one of the things I loved is when you mentioned about, like, I give it to you real, no chaser. Oh, yeah, there's no chaser. And, and how you also mentioned that creativity allows you to thrive. I yeah. Those were just two beautiful ways of just really keeping yourself in check. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, you, you know what I also really loved is the fact that you highlighted your grandmother and how that investment and communication and lessons really cultivated who you are today. It did. It really did. Um, so my grandmother, Glovine Smith, I actually, I've been, um, I released a new course, Athletes Making Moves, and I'm giving to the Alzheimer's Association in her honor. She passed away top of November of 2022. Um, my grandmother, you know, sometimes when people we love pass away, we don't really recognize how significant they were in our lives until they leave. I knew that she was significant early on. Um, as a, a preteen, a young girl, I remember having a conversation with my mom, like, why are all of the people I love, like the family that I had a really close relationship, why are they dying? But this grandma was the one that saw me excel in every part of my life. And even when I would tell her, grandma, I wanna, I wanna take care of you, she would just tell me, you take care of yourself, that beautiful baby, your husband, that, that would be enough for me. But my grandmother taught me kindness. She taught me, oh, I'm getting emotional. Why you had to bring this up? She taught me um, about having a, a service attitude and really giving from the heart. Oh, she taught me about true love, you know, um, love that is not conditioned on something else. And so when I do certain things, when I create certain things, um, I'm I'm really doing it from that space. And I will say, I'm, I know we don't have enough time for you to know all about my background and how I came up and, and whatnot, but to have been a younger girl who most of the time was upset and just didn't know how to communicate those feelings, having someone there who loves you unconditionally, um, who can invest certain things in your life. It's just, it's amazing because not everybody have something even, and I don't wanna say it's small, but some people just don't even have that. And so I'm grateful for it. Um, I realized throughout the time that she was here and me growing up, that she was important for me. And and one of the things was, I believe spiritually that she was assigned to me as my own um, angel or, or guidance uh, person. And so when she passed away, that emotion and spiritual connection was really magnified to the sense that I grieved my grandmother and I still grieve her, but the way I grieve her is so different. It's it's more of a gratitude and taking her on this journey with me. Um, oh my gosh. So, you know, me getting emotional about it, or even if, I don't know, like even if I'm sitting down and just thinking about it, it's, I don't have tears flowing from my face because I know I showed up for her and she showed up for me. And it's just, man, 
it's that was just like it's one of the most beautiful connections I could ever have had in my life. And I'm thankful that God truly gave me, you know, her. Yeah. yeah. So Simone, <laughs> you speak so eloquently about all the help you received. Just focusing on today's conversation, how do you define resilience? Oh. I find resilient define resilience by getting up even when you're knocked down, moving in spite of all of the adversity and often going against the grain. Most often people feel like, well, if it's hard or if someone says no, then I cannot, I must not be able to do it. But in fact, I still feel like it's it's a setup for your come up, right? Um, if you give up so easily, you will never know what was possible. And sometimes when it's that hard to do it, it should push you forward to overcome all of the obstacles that may be in your way. There were so many obstacles that were in my way to um, go to law school and become an attorney. Some of those things were mindset, you know, um, some of those things were financial, but if you really want to do something, you're going to find a way to do it. You're going to find a way to overcome. And so you really have to move in spite of all of the things that basically are saying you shouldn't do this. And you will love yourself for even trying because it's, it's a different, it's a different thing if you've tried and you've gotten over the hump and it still didn't work out versus you have never, never tried at all. Right. Yeah. 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 So in the article, I ask a question about resilience and courage. Do you see them as one and the same? Do you see them as different? Um, resilience and courage to me, they're very similar. They are a little different, but I feel like they speak and connect with each other. So with resilience, it's it's you really trying to overcome any adversity that you may face. But you can't even begin to try to overcome adversity if you don't even have the courage to try. And so that courage is, it is like a mindset. It is a mindset thing because you have to basically encourage yourself and um, find the fortitude to push yourself to even start trying. That's the courage. That's the courage. Um, there's a, I don't want to get like super spiritual on you, but there's a scripture. I can't think of the, the, the scripture, but it was basically, if you just find the courage to move, then God will, he will help you through that process because your courage is also in many respects, your faith, whether you believe that something can work out for you that is that's a faith movement and so most times when we're we don't know what the end is going to be we get up and we move anyway with courage or with with faith because we just want it to work but the only way that we can even overcome anything with resilience is we have to start first with courage yeah you know in in the article as well i asked you who is sort of your idea of resilience and you mentioned so beautifully iris bailey your mom and what I call MTEM, from divorced mom to bear. I just absolutely love that. How has her life been an impact for yours? Oh my gosh, you know, my mom, <clears throat> and this is another thing too. I, 
I didn't recognize all of the things uniquely that my mom went through or dealt with. Um, she had me very young and it was only, I want to say maybe several years ago that I, I'm like, whoa, my mom really has overcome a lot of things and I'm the eldest of four. So I recognize some of the, the issues that she struggled with, you know, um, when we were all coming up and being a divorcee. Um, but she has her tenacity to keep moving forward. I mean, she graduated from UF with honors and she had all of us, like all of these kids, like you did that. you know. And I used to be walking around on campus with her, you know? So I remember those days. Um, I remember being at aunts and, and grandparents' houses and wherever else and not ever going hungry, not knowing the provisions that she had to make for us. Um, but knowing that she never gave up. And there were things that she done as a parent that I didn't necessarily agree with, but once I became older and I was able to humanize her own experiences and recognize like, whoa, my mom was a kid when she had me. So her whole childhood stopped at that point. She was 16 when she had me. So, I mean, if you think about that, I wasn't ready to have any child at 16 <laughs> at all. I was not ready to do that. No. And even if I rewind time, I would not do that because it's it's tough. It's really, really hard to do. Um, but knowing that she, out of any of the failures that I felt like she had at that moment as a parent, one of the things that she never failed us with was knowing that education was important and we needed it. Um, I always tell people, even in my books, that education was my freedom. But I feel like my mom gave me that. She's instilled that in me. And now it's amazing for me to say that my mom was a, a basically a 16-year-old mom and eventually a divorcee of four children who's now a freaking mayor. That's huge. And so it just shows you what resilience can really look like if you don't give up on yourself. Where you're going does not have to look like where you started, right? And if it looks like where you started, then you haven't even begun. So it's time to get to work. But yeah, she has um, the things that she's gone through and all of the achievements she's been able to accomplish. It has really inspired me to keep moving forward to anything that I may slightly even dream about. <laughs> In the piece, you also mentioned about setbacks and how the judge, some of your objections were sustained by the judge and how you cultivated resilience because you rewired your thinking and your beliefs. What are your five steps, if someone's listening and watching, that someone can take to become more resilient? I love that question. I really love that question. So the first one would be identity, recognizing who you are. There was a study that showed, um, I think it was over 70% of Americans thought their identity was their job or their title, what it was that they did. And I, when I read that, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. These people don't even know who they are, which is why we have so many people who retire after 30 years or their children end up you know, graduating and going off to college. And then they are sad and don't know what to do with themselves because they, they don't know who they are. And so I, understanding your identity is extremely important. Um, it is your rite of passage. It is your freedom. Um, it is a 
way for you to recognize your own unique gifts and your purpose as well. And so understanding your identity and going back to that drawing board, if you feel like you've gotten lost along the way, is going to be very, very important. Um, the next three steps is part of a, a framework that I created. It's my proprietary framework called Have Your Say. One thing I realized about this and now I live my life through this method is the fact that a lot of things may happen to us, but they also happen for us. And when they happen for us, we still do have a say in, in how we show up in the world, right? Um, we can't control other people. We can't control what they do, but we can control what we do for ourselves. And so have your say is not S-A-Y, but it's S-A-E. And the first part of that is shifting your mindset for success, um, achieving through accountability and excelling through education. Uh, one thing I recognize about uh, mindset and how it connects to success is that we we take cues from our communities and from culture um, and society that says that we have to do a particular thing to be successful. And that's not true. You get the opportunity to define your own success. And so when you learn how to shift that mindset, you are able then to redefine how you want success to be in your own life. And, and there are different levels to that, right? I wanted to be a lawyer. I became a lawyer. I wanted to buy a house. Got a house. You know, didn't want to have a kid until I had a house. Okay, did it in that order. So, you know, there's different success for different people, whatever floats your boat, but it doesn't have to be you winning a million dollars or having a million dollars to be happy. In fact, um, there was a study I recently talked about where um, 2,000 adults were commissioned about their dreams. And only 70% of those people didn't follow their childhood dreams were not that happy. But the 22% that did were extremely happy. It wasn't that they were making a million dollars. They just did what was in their heart. Um, achieving through accountability is, is important because um, sometimes people blame others for their failures, but it's also your responsibility to be accountable to yourself and for what you said that you want, you know, what you want out of life. Uh, what I also recognize is that if you are an individual who really need help to push you to the next level, then sometimes having an accountability partner will help you to achieve those goals. And in fact, there's another study that talks about um, those who have an accountability partner can pretty much boost their chances of success to over 95%. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> that is huge. huge. And then the third level is achieving um, with education or excelling through education. I wanted to break down the stereotypes around what education looks like, right? So every day you have an opportunity to learn. No matter what your job is, no matter if you have a degree or not, no matter if you are a parent or not, we all have an opportunity to learn. Um, in fact, education can be provided to us in, in a myriad of ways. We get news now on social media. Um, when you go to the grocery store, you might learn something, a new fact from maybe the, the bagger boy. But how, do, how does that show up in your life? And how active are you to go and get the information that you need and not wait on other people to give it to you? And so when you're able to shift that mindset and, and you know, be accountable to yourself, and implement a level of education, you have the opportunity to have a say in everything that happens to you and for you. And that's the model I live by. The fifth thing is the mom method. So this is another proprietary framework that I created. 
And it's really on the heels, the back heels of my high school track coach who would always tell me, Savania, mind over matter, mind over matter. So that's what mom stands for, M-O-M, mind over matter. And when I when I hear that phrase now, it is it is a resilience phrase. When we do mind over matter, what we're doing is saying, okay, I recognize that there's something hard here, but I have the mental fortitude to overcome it. I'm going to overcome this thing. And it also has that courage um, piece in there as well. So everything that I be, that I approach that in some way seems difficult or it scares me, for some reason, I always hear my coach, mind over matter, mind over matter. And I have to make sure that you can you can do this, technically getting my mind right to um, overcome whatever that issue is. Yeah, I would love to transition now into what I call the brainstorming portion. I asked a curious question about if you could create a movement, what would that be? And your answer to it was this idea of what are you sporting about? That we are all athletes. We're all trying to, to some degree, survive and overcome. Uh, and I would love to just, just dig deep for just a couple of minutes here about how we could actually move that needle a little more, how we can progress that conversation a little more. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for asking about that because what are you sporting about came out of really courage and mind over matter, if I'm being honest. Um, in 2019, I was afraid to write this book, which is where that title came from. Um, I knew that I wanted to reach a certain demographic and support them. And now I feel like it is truly a movement. And so what are you sporting about is asking you to do a temperature check on yourself and figure out where what's your purpose? Where Where is it? Have you been moving with that purpose? Have you, has it been laying dormant? Um, I think when people are really in tune with what they are sporting about, it's not necessarily that you are in a sport, but was it what is it in this life that gets you ticking, that gets you moving, that gets your heart pumping, um, that gets you standing up and saying yes or no to this thing? Um, I think it's important that we all have something that we sport about in our lives. I, I constantly try to re-educate people that you don't have to be physically an athlete to sport in this life because we all sport for something, right? I sport for justice. I sport for education. Um, my mom is, is also a dean at a, a middle school. So she sports for education and chastisement of children. <laughs> you know, like think about your congressmen and congresswomen or the dad down the street. Everybody has their, their own um, thing in life that gets them moving. And so I want to encourage people to find that. And if you've lost, if you've lost track of that, find out why, why did that happen so that you can get back into the game of life? And so that's essentially what it is. It is a purpose question. What are you sporting about? And I want everybody to join that movement with me. Yeah. You know, what comes to mind. So as a board certified wellness coach, one of the things we really take stock in is this idea of creating a vision. What is that vision? Because that vision rotates, that vision changes. But if you don't even start with that, then you can't sport anything because your identity is lost in what you want to create. 
And the second thing that comes to my mind is what my, uh, my sponsorship advisor always says, who are you fighting for? If you do not know who you're fighting for, then you'll be completely lost in where you're going. So I just love the fact that you introduced that conversation because that those two things are so elemental in who we are as people and where we want to go as people. Oh, that's good. That's good. And it goes right back to what I was saying before. Because when, when okay, so essentially, if you don't have a purpose or you've lost it, you've, in many respects, have also lost sight of who you were or who you are. And that's why we have so many people wandering through this world. I call them dead men walking. Um, they wander through this world without any guidance of where they're going. You know, it's it's a sad thing to see. And I see these people. I know them. You know them. <laughs> we see them. You know, they get up every day and they look literally like they are dead. They have no purpose, no drive in this world or in life. Um, and those who say that they do, their purpose is tied to their job or it's tied to their title, which is not really a purpose. It's just you putting on a, a mask for other people or whatever the company say that you have to be or do. So I don't want people to literally live in this world and be sleepwalking or walking dead. I want you to be up and alive and enjoying what is in front of you and taking you know, heed to all of the, the things that are around you and the opportunities that are there and doing it. Like, don't wait for someone else to okay it or say that you should. Like, you have the opportunity to do it. So we got to support. Love that. Savonia, <laughs> seriously, such a fascinating conversation. Please tell my audience where they could find out more about you and everything else you create in this world because it's just beautiful. Thank you so much. So you guys can definitely follow me on Instagram. I have multiple handles, but if you're looking for legal advice or to follow my, my firm, you can follow me at SL DeBarros Law. If you are interested in reaching out for the podcast, What Are You Sporting About? It's at What Are You Sporting About? And for my newest sports brand, Athletes Making Moves, if you're interested in joining the course, definitely check out my page on Instagram at uh, Athletes Making Moves. And I'm on Twitter for the for the law firm and LinkedIn. So um, same thing for LinkedIn, SL DeBarros Law. For Twitter, it's SL DeBarros underscore law. Yep. So beautiful. you can find me there. Thank you, Savonia. This Thank was beautiful. You. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. You can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, a subscription to my weekly newsletter, where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains, and my author website, isurvivedcancer.co, where you can purchase my number one best-selling book, I Survived Cancer and Here's How I Did It. 35 cancer survivors share their journey and view the book trailer, including excerpts from the book. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this podcast platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.